werewolves, zombies, and demons of every variety. They've all descended on the normally sleepy town of Warren Valley, Ohio, where the holiday and all of its strange traditions are taken very seriously. Hello and welcome, welcome and hello. This is Wait, You Haven't Seen, and it's a podcast where we talk about movies. Specifically, we find a movie that at least one of us has never seen before. That's what we talk about. Uh, this is episode number 30, uh, take two, because last week I had to scrap episode number 30. Um, the movie that we watched this week is from 2007, Trick or Treat, or Trick or Treat, depending on how you want to look at that. Um, joining me this week, I have Joe. Hello. Hi. Uh, also, Patty. Hi. Hey. And Keith. hey And I am your host, Travis, uh, a.k.a. TV's Travis. And, um, right, so Keith, you and I both had never seen this movie before. Correct. That's And it's strange because it should have been in my wheelhouse. You're right. It should have been. Um, I'm, I was a little surprised by that as well. Um but, you know, hey, I mean, it slipped by me, and I don't dislike horror movies, um, and I love anthology movies. Have you been aware of it, though? Oh, yes, I've definitely been aware of it. Um, I actually wasn't aware of it until earlier this year. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, that, that's probably how it slipped past me. Hmm. You know, I had heard of it. In fact, Michael, um, last year for Halloween, went as Sam. We made him a oh, big, nice. we made him a big paper that. mache uh head and he we found him some nice orange footy pajamas and that was his costume last year it was great and it was great seeing people recognize him um i just found out tonight uh doing a little reading on trick-or-treat that they've added it to the halloween horror nights at universal now for the last couple of years so like there's gonna be wandering around i think so yeah i'm i'm really interested i wish i could get down to that this year because i think that would be awesome to to see um yeah, I, I it was just one of those that it didn't have a theatrical release, which I think is unfortunate for this movie. You know, it ended up going direct to video right. two years after it was made. Um, and usually, See, but you, I think I uh, thought that had a lot to do with like the children murder type stuff. Well, so what I read about it is there's not a lot saying. It's just all of a sudden Warner Brothers at the last minute pulled it from. We're not going to release it in October. Never gave a date. It sat around. It went to festivals and eventually got released direct to video in 2009. Um, the rumor that I read was that the because the writer director of this was one of the co-writers of Superman Returns, and the rumor was that Superman Returns bombed so hard that they didn't want to do this because it was that writer and Brian Singer produced this. So, yeah, that was always the link because i remember seeing the trailer for this on the dvd of superman returns Mm -hmm. and that was 2006 yeah so when did this finally come out 2007 uh it finally came out 2009 2009 yeah wow yeah okay so yeah that was always the rumor that i heard that it was like punishment because of superman returns and i don't know i gotta go with the whole child murder aspect of it like oh my god we can't release this movie. <laughs> you would think. I mean, that would be the more logical reason for not putting this movie out would be that rather than punishing Brian Singer. 
but right well because that's also spent, but that was also an off-camera thing that happened you didn't see it yeah. happening right there no but not a lot of movies can get away with killing kids especially right. as many of them as they did in this <laughs> right there's okay I mean, yeah i'll give you like, that not just that too it's like the type of children like there are children with disabilities that die in this movie yeah yeah exactly it's it's, uh, it's kind of all over the place it's an equal opportunity movie yeah uh it definitely as far is as killing children <laughs> fat kids good looking kids yeah asshole kids. asshole kids let's yeah, let's give credit where credit's due it was non-discriminating in its child murder that's right but that's to be right. fair there was a child murderer uh, yeah yeah and that is one that i want to talk about uh a little bit more but first i want to get so keith you liked the movie right Oh, I loved it. Okay. It's it's going to be, you know, if it weren't for a couple of scenes, I probably would watch this in the background with my son here. But that's me. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a couple of scenes I, I wouldn't show him yet, but I enjoyed it, too. Um, I think it was very good. I, I wish that it had been able to get a better release um, because it scored really well. I mean, uh, I think it's um, IMDb score is 6.8. Uh, and I know Rotten Tomatoes from the critics is right about that. The critics actually enjoyed this. And I love anthology movies in general, but I really, for whatever reason, horror anthology works so well. I mean, you've got, you know, we've talked before, or we, we were talking about doing Creep Show this week, and uh, even Creep Show 2. There's the Tales from the Dark Side, uh, the Twilight Zone movie. VHS. Cat's Eye. Yep, Cat's Eye, VHS. They're all anthologies, and they're anthology horror i think because horror can work so well in short form like that that they make for good movies and i i do wish that this had gotten uh no it has gotten you know pretty good cult following over the years oh yeah definitely but but this is those other movies this one has like connecting pieces though right and if they're not just like separate stories where like twilight zone and creep show is this movie it, it's like everything misses Everything yeah. misses the everything else by by a few minutes, yeah, or a few, yeah, or a few yards. Like there's something in one story going on in the background of another, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's just so well done. Oh yeah, and a lot I mean, of credit I give I was to blown that. Away the first time I saw it. Yeah, exactly. Because I was expecting, knowing if it was an anthology movie, I was expecting it to be more like a you know Tales from the Dark Side, where it's like okay, you've got these three or four stories, and you'll have something bookending them. But they're they're gonna be they're not gonna be connected in any way. And this was no, they wove them together. Um, and I did like that. Um, the cast in this. Well, and in oh, go ahead. the weaving too, it also um, uh, the the timeline isn't linear. It bounces around. Yes, which I like too. Yep, and and that works for this a lot better. I think going you know oh earlier and then later and and and, and I like that. So it's nonlinear timeline. And the stories interweave it because if it would have been, it would have felt really forced to have it be a linear progression and those stories interweave the way that they did. Um, no, I like that. And the cast in this is pretty, pretty darn good. I mean, you have, uh, you know, Brian Cox as Mr. Krieg. I, I like him in just about anything. He's great. Um, <laughs> although very good job of, of the uh, shotgun wielding curmudgeon. Yeah. Um, his false yeah. nose. <laughs> that he had throughout the the movie was really distracting to me. I kept 
I don't know why I kept focusing on it. There'd be shots where it didn't even look like Brian Cox because of that nose. It was almost like a horn beak, like a hook nose. But then there'd be other shots, and I'm like, did right. they did they even put it on him for this one? I, I don't know. It, that was a little confusing. But I mean, he was great. You know, he wheezing all the time, and he was just the the curmudgeon. Um, you got uh, Anna Paquin um, in her small role in this. Um, she was fine. I didn't have a problem with her. Uh, Leslie Bibb, or or is it um, God, what is or Maggie Grace? I can never remember which one's which. It's Leslie Bibb. It's Leslie okay. Bibb. Can you, but you can understand how you can understand how I can make that mistake. Like if you put Leslie Bibb and Maggie Grace in a lineup, I'm not going to know who's who. This is a fifty fifty show. Very similar. Yeah. Pretty um, blonde white girl. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, the so the 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 part at the beginning with the husband and wife, the husband apparently was in um, Battlestar Galactica. He was also on Dollhouse. Okay. I It's not who I'm thinking of, but he looked so much like somebody to me, and I, I just I can't figure out who it is he, he reminded me of. Because I know I, I would I would I, remember I, a name like Tamo. I, at first glance, I, I thought he was Matthew Lillard at first glance. <laughs> sure, with enough beer and, and squinting. Yeah, so... <laughs> So like, like I said, at first glance, it was like, you know, I know. It's like, wait, nope, right, not Matthew Lillard. Yeah. So, having not seen this movie before, at what moment did it get you? Like, okay, this is I'm settled in. This is going to be a good movie. Um, before the opening credits or after? It was right at the end of the cold open. So, at first, I was a little confused because they did like they would have that kind of stalker vision shot where it's from the kids POV from Sam's POV outside you get that little bit of burlap in the picture. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then they would use the same shooting technique without the burlap for a couple of shots when the husband goes inside. And I'm like, well, why do they, I, I don't get that at all. But right towards the end of that cold open, when he, when he goes outside and all of that, I'm like, okay, we're in for a fun, fun ride now. <laughs> um, and then they jump right into uh, Dylan Baker's first, first of two storylines in this. And, I have got to say, Dylan Baker can creep me the hell out. He's so good at this. Yeah, he's so good at playing that. Like, like he's such a chameleon. Yeah, because him in this, he's so unassuming and like so non-threatening in in the way he projects himself. And then he plays a character like this that's just horrible. He is a <laughs> terrible person. I mean, yeah. he's he poisons a kid, and then right. And he, he apparently he, all, I don't he know. Poisoning all of the kids with the candy? I don't know. That's a great question because he was yeah, giving out candy to other kids. But if you look in the backyard, no, but if you look in the backyard when he's burying that kid's body with the other kid, how many growing saplings there are, that's how many times he's done it before. I didn't make that connection. Like I didn't, didn't pay it. I didn't pay attention. I, I made to that, that connection, and this is the first time I watched yeah. it. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, oh look, there's a little. This movie blends there and it lends itself. Yeah, it lends itself so well to rewatch. Oh, I'll definitely be rewatching it, but I didn't because I didn't catch that at all. Uh, I mean, I I was fairly well shocked just enough by him, you know, killing the one kid, and then oh, there's another one just happens to be buried <laughs> in the backyard. Like right. we're not even going to touch on that. It is apparently a kid in a clown costume or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I have wanted to go through the opening credit shot where they're like zooming down the street. You see all the characters mm-hmm. 
and see if there's like you see a kid in a clown costume oh yeah oh that'd be a good one it's like oh there probably might be i don't know yeah you probably see him earlier in the night or later i don't know um but, but yeah dylan baker was just so good in this um that opening shot you're talking about the, my one problem with that and it, it was a theme going through the movie with a few of the kids do you ever know of any kid ever that would drag their pillowcase or their bag of candy on the ground like that? Cause Oh no, no, that is sacred treasure. That is, <laughs> it is holy writ that you carry this bag and never let it touch the ground. Yeah. If anything, you... well, yeah, but, but he's an asshole. My, my, my thinking of it is that he's got it so full of candy that he's stolen that it's too heavy for him to carry. Yeah, I guess so he I just don't drags it. I, I suppose but, yeah. I just I know for me like I kept that I would keep the pillowcase out of the off the yeah. ground as much as humanly possible. Like, it went over your shoulder if it got. Too oh yeah, heavy. definitely. Um, <laughs> no, and okay. So my only my only real issue with that first story with Dylan Baker was like the fake out swerve that they tried to do, where where he's complaining about his kid and like the the kid keeps yelling at him and he's. Like, I get that part of it was okay, where, you know, the kid's yelling at him and he's trying to get him to be quiet and all that. But then the entire bit from when it fades out, fades back in, and he's watering the plant, he's watering the sapling, and complaining <laughs> about the kid and walking inside, and they're trying to make you think, like, he's going to stab his own son. Yeah. And then, oh, no, he's not. They're they're working on the severed head jack-o'-lantern thing. Like, carve, yep. Like that's that a was... fine that's a fine twist. Go ahead and do that. You don't need the fake out of like is he is he really going to kill his own son thing. I thought that was that didn't need to be there. But well, yeah. that's a he minor could, issue. He could have done it without the the complaining part cuz then you're like, "Oh crap, he is get, like like right there at the end of that bit where he's raising the knife." Yeah, like, I mean, if he would have done it without the without the complaining before that, um, then it would have seemed like, oh crap, he's going to get the kid. And then, oh no, he's not going to get the kid. He's teaching the kid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and look, that's not the last of the horrible things. You know, it's not the last of the horrible things that Dylan Baker does in this movie because then he, you know, goes out so the, for the rest of the night wait. as like a sexual predator. Uh, <laughs> While leaving his son on the porch to hand out candy yeah. in the bloody shirt that he was wearing. I I always when thought they that got he was head. dressed as his father. Yeah, that he was is. what I got from that. Was he decided he wanted to dress up like dad? The the blood stain was way too similar and looked over large on him. I kind of just pieced together that it was his father's shirt. I don't know, but yeah. And then you, so I was confused by the first scene of um, his like vampire persona when he just kills the woman in the alley. Mm-hmm. At first, I was like, "Why is what? What does this have to do with anything? Why is this in the movie?" Like, it tied to the cold open when she grabs at the the sleeve, and it's you know, it's um Maggie, no Leslie Bibb, um, in her costume, her robot costume. So I got that, right. but I couldn't yeah. figure out why. Like, hopefully that I'm. I think I wrote a note down. Like, hopefully this is going to pay off later because why is there a random vampire type dude? <laughs> I think Be- you. I think you see her at a different point, laying on. You know, you know how they got her up against that storefront at the end of that. Mm-hmm. I think you see her at a different, like at a different point. Right. No, you. I, I get that. What I'm saying is, it felt out of place to have just that scene in general because it didn't tie to anything until later. They they paid it off, which is so yeah. it was fine in retrospect. Like, what thinking about it after the fact, 
it fit. It just felt out of place at first. So you just kind of brush it off, and then when it comes back around again, you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah a little bit like just, that. Maybe it's just, they're just trying to set up like, wow, there's a lot of stuff going on in this town on Halloween. Well, how are we going to get this guy out there, you know? Aha. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's you know, following, they... He's, he's the vampire following Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. It, it kind of seemed a bit to me like... Uh, Phantom of the Opera mixed with Kane as opposed to a vampire to me. But yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. I, I, in retrospect, I liked that. It just, it felt weird to me at first. Um, but this movie did a good job of paying it off. Like the fact that later on you realize that that is Dylan Baker, cause he must've put in like blue contacts or something to make his eyes that blue as part of his mm-hmm. costume. And you know, the mask and the teeth, it didn't look like him, but the fact that then, he thinks he's going to get, you know, another victim in Anna Paquin and she turns out to be the werewolf, which was also a, a weird, God, a weird story a that I kept werewolf. waiting. Yeah. I kept waiting like, okay, where is this going? Cause you know, there's a twist coming of some kind. And then it turns out, yeah, little red riding hood is the big bad wolf. Um, right. And so that's her first and it's her first time. Yeah. It's, it's the, you know, again, rewatch value, you pick up on like, Oh, cause they're talking about, because she hasn't right. actually murdered anyone yet. You think it's that she's a virgin. Mm-hmm. And they even come right but... out and say that. Like, they even well, use yeah, that but, term. But they don't say virgin sexually or right. homicidally. <laughs> no, absolutely. And But I also, I liked tying together Dylan Baker's character. Because I can't, I don't care if his name is Steven. He's Dylan Baker, whatever. But <laughs> tying his character into that and, like, he gets his comeuppance. Like he's a terrible mm-hmm. person, and so yeah. it ends up biting him literally. Um, literally. So that was. Can, can I, we talk about that the was transformation? And mm-hmm. I I really liked the transformation, how it was splitting the skin and tearing it off. Yeah, that was uh, that was visually interesting, wasn't it? Oh there's, yeah. There's one part of it that I really love, and it's you know because they're all women mm-hmm. that it's it's like she's removing the one is removing like a pair of gloves and the other mm-hmm. one is like taking off a pair of boots. Yes. But it's the skin mm-hmm. and it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That, that was, that was a really well done scene. I, I know Keith, you like Marilyn Manson and a lot of people like that cover of sweet dreams. I probably would have chosen a different piece of music because <laughs> I, I would have too. It's a bit, it's a bit cliche at this point to yeah. use that song. But I I think that, as far as Marilyn Manson goes, that was the safe choice. That's actually exactly what I wrote down in my notes was this was a safe choice in music. I mean, um, it was made in 2007. Yeah, that's true. I have to remember that this movie is Six, almost 13 whatever. years old. Yeah, right. Like when they filmed it, what was it, like 2005? Probably, yeah. When you think about it. And at that point, it was nearly a 10-year-old song at least. Yeah. It kind of faded from the public. Yeah. I don't know. You probably just thought, like, man, I'm going to make this movie. I'm going to use this song. I don't care. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure that's what he did. I just, I would have chosen something different, but that's me. Um, all right. But no, I mean, I, it, that... can't, it can't, it can't all be uh, Creedence Clearwater, well, like the <laughs> Werewolf in London. Yeah, true. Well, or, or even Warren Warren's Z- I'm sorry. Yeah. That's there, okay. There was a, <laughs> a Little Red Riding Hood song that sounded a little, you know, Halloween. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of songs you could have chosen. I just can't remember all, the name of it. All I'm saying is that's <laughs> not. I wouldn't have chosen Manson 
and I, I certainly wouldn't have chosen Sweet Dreams. But even saying that, that whole scene when they finally pay off the werewolf storyline, I liked. I thought that was great, you know, you because for all the shots they keep showing of of them, it's funny because you see you see all the women and most of the guys are sitting down or laying down and you don't really realize that in that last shot they're all already dead. All the guys are already yeah. done. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was revealed really, really well. Um the, so the thing, I liked it. The thing I, I've always loved is that um, you know, the when you go to the, the different storyline where the kids go, the kids are trick-or-treating and they go to the house and their drunk teacher opens the door. Yeah. And they're having like a party in the background mm-hmm. and they're all like weirded out by it. Like that's the gym teacher that she's spanking in the background. Yeah. During the werewolf the party. Gym, the gym teacher yeah. in a hot dog costume. <laughs> yeah. In, at the werewolf party, you see... You the see the, the, the hot dog in the background and the teacher in the bee costume, I think. She was a cat. She was a cat. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like they're all there too in mm-hmm. the background. It's like, oh god damn. No, <laughs> look, this movie did a great job of tying like, stuff up. I like, like that. You have to, yeah. Like you really like if you pay attention, you will be rewarded. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I'm I'm looking forward to rewatching this. This is probably I don't even say probably. This is now in my regular Halloween season movie rotation. Yeah, and, and the we best watch part it every year. It, the best part about it, it's only like eighty-five minutes. Right. It's it's a nice, quick, uh, quick movie. Now the so there was the the storyline with the kids um, that you brought up, and they go to play the prank on Rhonda, which I'm not going to give yes. the nickname that they gave her in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. That was so. I had three major kind of nitpick issues with the movie i've already mentioned one the other one was the ronda character i don't think needed to be like a savant or slow or anything like that to to get the point across i think she could have just been a halloween lover and kind of the naive shy kid would have worked just Mm -hmm. fine because then you you can avoid you know calling her the name that they called her um but uh yeah that that scene was of the storylines that was my least favorite of the four um really I, I think, know. well, because you got Dylan, uh, it's a toss up between that and the werewolves for me because Dylan Baker's story, I just, he's so good. And then the ending with uh, Brian Cox, we'll talk about a little bit more, but I enjoyed that one just because it, again, it's Brian Cox and you get the payoff with Sam and all of that. But the kids, it's not bad at all. There, there isn't a bad story in this. It's just one of, it's the weaker, it's in the weaker half, I think, because it's hard even in a movie where obviously we know there's um, supernatural and all that, it's hard to suspend the disbelief that all four of those kids playing the prank were that good of actors to trick her that well. <laughs> you know, that's one it's of those tropey. Well, it's a trope. Like, how, how are you going to get all those other, ki- those four other kids to costume change that quickly? That no, that I can get, but like the the one kid with how well he he played you know being scared when they're going down in the elevator just mm-hmm. i was like oh okay oh so it is the trick but i did like <laughs> the fact that it's a trick and then that's not the swerve the swerve is the fact that no the busload of kids that died in the quarry actually died in the quarry and they're all coming they, back from the dead and they are still down there yes so it's, just, it's like when you think about the lengths that the kids went through to like pour 
just like pull a prank on this poor girl. I know. It's like, wait, so you earlier in the day put all this stuff down in that corner? <laughs> like, what did this girl ever do to you? <laughs> I know. Like, why why pick on her? It's like, so terrible. Uh, yeah, the the angel girl was definitely, you know, the the head bully type. Oh yeah. No, she was she and was terrible. Was this, and the older boy was was one you know, it kind of seemed like, oh, okay, so she's the one in charge. He's the, you know, he's the one that she's eyeing. And, you know, these, you know, these other two are, you know, her, her bullied friends, you know, the ones that she's gonna go along she won't it. let walk yeah. away. Mm-hmm. Her lackeys. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, look, they, that was once the again, was looking for. Yeah. Once again, the bad people got their comeuppance. Like right. they were but terrible at the people. Same time, they were terrible people. But at the same time, this story sets up the Brian Cox story. So yeah, and so that's without my... it, you don't have a lead in. Well, and it's I, I don't yeah. I will disagree with you there because I think the weakest part of the Brian Cox story is making him be the um, bus driver, because yeah. the only reason you do that is so that you can have the shock ending of the zombie kids showing up at his front door. That's the only reason he's the bus driver. The, yeah. nothing else about him leads to that like he can just be no, the, it's curmudgeon. the the reason the reason he's kind of gone hermit is because he did this for these parents who paid him and he feels like shit about it to the point where he's like well then i hate everybody and i'm just gonna like be in my house all the time yeah i just think you could have just had him be an angry old man and it would have worked just fine have, have him be like the scrooge of halloween yeah i mean that could be fine you know I didn't think that that needed to be tied together. That was my only like, that was my only issue with his storyline because all they did to do to tie it in there was show one picture burning and then the kids at the end. Nothing else about his his actions leads you to think that he's the bus driver until you see the the picture burning in his fireplace. So right. that, that's my well, his I mean, face too is kind of scarred and yeah, but it might also driver. be why they put the false nose on him. Well, no, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure that well, was part the, of it. Well, the story behind his makeup in that movie is that Brian Cox wanted to look like John Carpenter. Okay. In that, in that movie, he wanted, because he had met John Carpenter a couple years before, and then he got offered this movie, and it was like his idea to do like makeup and have like it be an homage to him. Now, see, that's mm-hmm. interesting. So that see, in the ma- in the making of he ta- he does talk about it. Oh, where like that's the reasoning behind the makeup. Like it would have just normally been Brian Cox, but he wanted some prosthetics on to look like John Carpenter. Okay, I guess Michael Michael Doherty was just like, yes, let's do that. No, I like that because it, it, and that fits with some of the other like little homage stuff that they did throughout the movie. You know, you've got the in the flashback to the bus. Uh, the whole bus thing, you can see a car that looks like Christine in the background and as they drive by. There's like all sorts of little things like So that's cool. Uh, that I did not know. Um, no? Yeah. You know, it still I'm glad was... Glad I could bring something to the table. <laughs> hey, no, I, it, still, it still was distracting to me the first time around with that nose just because yeah, yeah. I would see that shot of like, it's a straight on shot of Brian Cox's face, but like with that fake nose, I'm like, wow, it barely looks like him. But that's... I like that. That that is a neat uh, little. Um, like they snuck, John, they they snuck an homage to John Carpenter into the movie by making a character look like him. Yeah. So. No, oh, that's great. And and look, his storyline was a lot of fun because you got to finally see oh. Sam do some stuff. 
and yeah, it had the it had the one laugh out loud moment for me in the entire movie, which is his reaction when he sees the hand crawling. Right, and it's straight out of the thing. Yep. <laughs> oh, it, but okay. So um, we talked about the werewolves and the the whole transition scene, but the the costume and the um, makeup effects for Sam, right. really good. Oh yeah, like that because was a. That was a creepy pumpkin-y face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can, can you, like, having never seen this movie before, well, I mean, obviously, since you did the costume last year, you knew about Sam. You know, it was, like, a supernatural character. I like, did, but... at one but... point, at, like, obviously, you know, in the beginning of the movie, he kills and, like, completely disembowels this woman. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's like... Like, is this a supernatural character? What is this thing? Like, yeah, I... The spirit of Halloween. Right, he's the spirit of Halloween. I guess you pick up on that later. Mm-hmm. I guess it wasn't really until um, was the scene with the kids before or after the werewolf one? Uh, after I think. No, the kids no, was before it was just the werewolf. Before. Yeah. Oh, was it before? It's yeah. The kids and then the werewolves. Okay. Yeah. So it's like when Rhonda is leaving the quarry and she sees Sam, and they just kind of like nod to each. They just. Yeah, it was sort of a evening, Charlie. Evening, evening, Harry. Yeah. They just keep going. It's like, okay, so Sam is some sort of supernatural character, but it, and then in the, you know, you get to the Brian Cox sequence and you take the mask off finally, and it's like, oh, yeah, okay, this is something I did not expect it to be a pumpkin headed thing. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. No, the only reason that I, it didn't super surprise me was just because of having to do that costume last year because when I was looking up for photos of Sam they would show yeah. photos of him without the burlap on yeah um, and that's the that's the sad thing about it is like that's the cover of the DVD yeah Sam's face mm-hmm. without the burlap on and it's oh no oh it is oh that's it terrible is. one of the the DVD one of the covers I've seen it's like mm. it's just Sam's face without the mask on no see that so, you got to save that for just, a reveal inside the movie re- they're just ruining it, yeah. But you know, and I like too, you know, the little touches like uh his all his insides are pumpkin. Are pumpkin mm-hmm. yeah. Like that was awesome. <laughs> and there were so there were two kind of laugh out loud moments for me. One was Brian Cox's line, and the other one was just the shot when he when he unloads the shotgun and the next shot is admittedly it's a it's a kid's body, but the way the way Sam goes sliding into the door it just made me chuckle <laughs> yeah. because it was just so like yeah. it was so well timed, um, but then there was there was only one moment in that entire storyline that that took me out for a second, and that was when uh, Sam jumps on him from the ceiling because then it's obviously a stunt person because mm-hmm. he no longer looked like a ten year old kid. It was yeah, somebody he, who was like five nine. Yeah, <laughs> and you could ser- you could easily tell, but I mean, whatever. I, obviously, you're you're going to do that because. You need to stunt well, the person. whole thing felt like it was done within a a smaller budget. Oh, definitely, yeah. But it right. it, yeah. it it embraced that smaller budget and made it work within it. Right. It it was. It always seemed to me like a movie that had a small budget, but it had just enough money to work within the confines. Yeah. Well, like, they did a good had, job with whatever the budget they had. Needed. Yeah. Right. Like this. The set design. Everything in that movie is so good. Like, I, it's it's like practically all makeup effects, isn't it? There's not, there's hardly any CG in this. Yeah. So according, um, there is some. It's like, the quarry, the 
Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, like, horror makeup, not like. Oh. No, the horror makeup's all, like, practical stuff. That's all CG, but, like, the makeup effects are all so good. Yeah. So the budget for this was about $12 million, which that's that's tiny, especially within the last 15 years. That's not much. Yeah, that is. Yeah. You know, and they. I mean, even though you've only got character actors, so you don't really have to pay them very much. True. True. So you can. Anna Paquin was probably the biggest star in the movie. Miss Academy Award winner. Right. You know, her and Brian Cox are going to be your biggest, your biggest names. And I'm sure Brian Cox probably didn't take a whole ton of money to do this one. This seems like the kind of movie. Right. And you got the fat kid from Bad Santa, you know. Well, yeah. Thurman Merman. (laughs) Is that really his name? That was his, that's, that's the character name. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So this was based. And then there are two actresses who were on Dead Like Me, though, too. Yeah. But I mean, again, character actors and TV actors. The cat teacher and the kid. Yeah. But they're Which they're kid? not they're not going to be that expensive. The angel, the ah, the angel kid. She was in Dead Like. She was a sister in Dead Like. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we this, all remember that show. Yeah. <laughs> so this this was based on um, Michael Doherty did a short back in like 1996 called Seasons Greetings, and that's where the character of Sam was created. Um. And this is based on that. I I want to find the short. I guess it's on the DVD. It is. Okay. Have Have you watched yeah, that? He talks about it. I have seen it. Yeah. <sighs> We have, I can't remember it. Because it's animated, right? <laughs> but the, I think it's animated, yeah. And it's, it, it is short. It's only like four this, minutes. Oh, yeah, it's really short. But the Blu-ray of this movie is loaded. Yeah. Like, if, you've, if you want to learn anything about this movie, watch the special features on the Blu-ray. Oh, definitely. But even, even like, uh, the thing that I love the most is that, you know, the Brian Cox thing, end of the movie. That's the end of the movie where the zombies show up. Mm-hmm. Practically the last shot of the film. And, um... And you rewatch the movie. <laughs> um, it's it's actually the notice, first story. You'll notice when the uh, the wife and the husband get home from trick or treating, she looks across the street to look, and or he does. One of them looks across the street to see Sam standing on the other side of the street, and in the background, just to the left, you see the zombie kids walking away from the house. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have to look like for that. They were they were they were done taking care of Brian Cox and they were walking away. They're just like shuffling away, but it, you know they're so dark, right? Like it, and it's really just like well, a second and that you know the sucker he kills her with is the sucker Sam got from Brian yeah. Cox. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I I caught that. I mean, I caught a lot of the connections. You know, when they would have somebody in the background or a character pop up somewhere else, but I did not catch the zombie kids in the beginning. I'm gonna have to right. watch that again. I don't know how many times I'd seen this movie, and it wasn't until I actually listened to the commentary on it where they pointed it out. Like, that's when I noticed it. And I don't know how long it would have been if I hadn't listened to it where I would have finally seen that. It's hard to say. <laughs> so, um, but you know, Trick or Treat is definitely one of my Halloween favorites. Now, did you hear they're doing a sequel? Or they've I announced a sequel? Hear, I did say what? Yeah, they've announced <laughs> a sequel. He's been trying to get a sequel going ever since this finally came out on home video. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I mean, unfortunately, his last two movies haven't exactly been uh critical darlings or box office, huge box office, so it's hard to say if anybody'll fund it. Okay. Wow. Krampus well, yeah, but I mean, you know, you know how that can go. Like if a director does some mm. relative duds, 
it's harder to get done. Although, I mean, he did the the latest Godzilla, yeah, which I didn't hate. Godzilla, King of the Monsters. King of the Monsters. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't hate. And it to hell with critics because of his eye for detail. It is like all for diehard Toho fans. Yeah. Like I came here to see monsters fight each other and Boston be destroyed. <laughs> and I was not disappointed. Congratulations, sir. You have gotten what you came for. <laughs> you got what you came for. You were well, not no. shorted for your dollar. As I was it happens, just you're watching like, the right movie. The guy that does the guy that write the does the guy that wrote this movie just hate Boston? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing wrong with Boston, but it's just like wow okay yeah <laughs> no new new york and la are kind of overdone yeah. so boston yeah no i i want a trick-or-treat too to be made i want michael doherty to be able to make a sequel to i this. want it to be as good as this one if it's not then that's just well yeah obviously i i want him to be able but i want i want him to be able to do it and i think that given because he's really and, done Trick or Treat, Krampus, right. and Godzilla. Like he's really done three movies and and some shorts um, as a director. He's written a few more because uh, he wrote uh, X Men Apocalypse and Superman Returns and the screenplay for. Stuff. He did the screenplay for X Men uh, X Two. So you know he's he's written a, a few things. Um, but I would like to see a Trick or Treat too, as and hopefully it can be at least as good as this one because this was good. I enjoyed it. Oh yeah. Like and, I would have enjoyed, yeah, I would have, if I watched this in a theater, I would have felt like I paid, I got my money's worth. Yeah, I wish I could have seen it oh, in a theater. Absolutely. Like even if this was a blind buy, uh, like knowing nothing about this movie but seeing a trailer for it, like I would have definitely paid it and then watched the movie and be like, oh, uh, this was totally worth it. I'm keeping this. This is this is forever. Yeah, definitely. Um, Plus, it has one of the creepier, I, uh, creepier sayings of Happy Halloween in a movie. But again, it's Dylan Baker doing it, so you know. it's Dylan Baker covered in blood. Yeah, well, it's when he no, it's when he says it to um, the kids when they come for the candy, uh, the three of them, mm-hmm. and the the one kid's like freaking out because he's seeing all the blood on the floor, dragging into the house, and then he slowly oh, yeah, looks and he up. Notices the... Yeah, and he slowly looks up at yeah. Dylan Baker, and then Dylan Baker looks down at him with that just evil, creepy grin, and he says this. Happy Halloween. Duh. <laughs> leave. Leave now. Yeah. Too late. Run. He already but ate poison. But then there's that great scene where the kids leave and Sam is standing right behind them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. It's like, oh. And he just takes the candy. And that's why he doesn't get Sammed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't get Sammed. That's true. It's the werewolf that gets him later. Um. Yeah, I just I I enjoyed this. It also uh, when I knew so I forgot like like I say I hadn't seen this before and I had done I had heard about it but I forgot that Dylan Baker was in it and the first shot of him is he's standing there when the kids when uh, Thurman Merman is stealing all his candy mm-hmm. and he tells him you know hey why don't you stay for a little bit and the kids like hey, hey. and then the way he said this sit down Charlie I was like oh we're in for something. <laughs> oh boy when that candy can't what? be good for your diabetes can it Charlie? yeah yeah and those are huge candy bars too oh, i know right um big enough to hide a razor think, blade in what, exactly what movie do you first remember seeing dylan baker in? oh man i don't he's like looking at him you're like oh that's that guy from that one movie yeah he he is definitely one of those actors 
where it's that that guy from that movie. We did it with um last week the the scrapped show when we were talking about Lake Placid. It was Adam Arkin. Uh, when I was watching the movie with David, and he's like, hey, it's that guy. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I, I couldn't tell you. It was something from before um, Trick or Treat. Let's let's look through a few things here. For me, it's Delirious. Yeah, it's always going to be Delirious, the John Candy movie. Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, mm. I, I remember him in, as Kurt Connors in the Spider-Man movies. Um, right. But, you know, it was it was before that Delirious. Wow. That's going back. Like, a I'll ways. always remember. I'll always remember from that movie because at the end of the movie, when he's like got tumors and his teeth are falling out, <laughs> it's oh. like, like I, every time I see that guy, that's the first thing I think of him in. I need to watch that again. <laughs> it has been so long since I've seen that movie. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah, that would probably be it. Would be delirious is the first one I could think of. Because right? if I go back further than that, uh, I mean, he had a. He had a role in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, but I don't remember how big it was. Oh, oh my God, I don't remember that. I mean, he's credited as Owen, <laughs> and, well, I mean, he's one, two, oh, three. He's is, only like six or seven is, down. Oh, is he in the truck that picks him up? No. I can't remember. Is but either way, uh, he might have been. Either way, I mean, he's either great. Way. He's great, but, man, can he play creepy. Whew. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, this is this is a fun movie. It definitely 100% worth your your time to watch this. Uh I'm sad that it took me this long to see it. I mean, what, 10 years since it was released on DVD and as much as I like anthologies, I can't believe I haven't seen it. So, I'm glad that I did. Um Yeah. What I it, was go ahead. like I was so I was I was aware of the movie. I was aware of the movie and then I forget, you know, it just it went away. Mm-hmm. I forgot about it. And then I saw something else, another movie that had a trailer in front of it. They oh, had okay. a trailer for it in front of it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that movie. Whatever happened to that movie? And then finally, I was like, I wonder what came out today on DVD. And it's like, Trick or Treat finally came out? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I went and rented it. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think I rented it, like, the day it came out, unknowingly the day it came out, in, what, 2009, which is crazy. And uh, Patty, are you still there? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> okay. When did you first watch it? Um, well, I had seen the trailer too, and then it just never came out, and I had completely forgotten about it. And I was living in Ferndale at the time, and I was just like, oh, I'm so bored. I'm going to go down to Blockbuster and see what they have. Like, that's how long ago it was, <laughs> Blockbuster. Oh, <wow>. <laughs> and I was just walking, trying to think of, like, well, I don't want to get something I've seen a hundred times. And... I saw it on the shelf. They had one copy. And I was like, no fucking way it came out. Pardon my French. And <laughs> took it home. And I, I think I watched it like three times in the couple days that I had it because I liked it so much. Well, when you when you were renting something from Blockbuster, you didn't just watch it <laughs> once. You watched it, you know, as many times like as it, you could. Yeah. Yeah, like it. It's short. I really liked it. I can watch it like four or five times before I have to take it back. Exactly. Oh, okay, so... In terms of horror anthology movies, where would you put this in your kind of your upper or because it's, it's going to be in my upper echelon of, of horror anthologies. But, Joe, where would you put it in yours? Jeez, uh, I'd put it at probably number one. Nice. Just because of the way that the story is mold, is molded around other stories. I don't think I've seen another horror. I mean, I'm saying this, but I'm sure there are other horror movies that kind of do this. But just the way it's sort of. Like I've heard it being referred to as like the pulp fiction of horror films, 
Okay, I can I can Where see that. All the stories are molded around themselves. And yeah, because I, I just the way it's done, I would have to say it's number one. I can understand that. It that is what takes it to the next level. It's good on its own, but then when you when you realize how well everything is woven together is what gives it kind of a an extra you know an extra letter grade. How about uh, how about you? Keith? Also, oh, go ahead. We didn't even um, mention we didn't even mention the music in the movie. Right. Yeah, the music is good. I I really enjoyed that. But anyway, um, anyway. yeah. So Keith, where would you put it in in your horror anthologies? Um, top five. Um, just a little bit behind VHS. Okay. I, again, that might just be because VHS was one of those movies that, you know, I'm just flipping around through, you know, uh, uh, the, what do they call it? The direct TV or no, it was the no, on demand. On, okay. Yeah. I was flipping through on demand one day and I found VHS. I'm like, and I, I misread it and, you know, I was I was taking a sick day from work, and I'm like, okay, yeah, let's watch UHF, and click that. Oh, this is not UHF. <laughs> oh, I'm going to watch this anyway. Oh, my God, I love this. Yeah, that would uh, that would catch you a little off guard. That would be more... Come in. That's more Come off in. guard than my first viewing of Event Horizon. <laughs> like, like, seriously, that that is how I found VHS. But I was just like, oh, I'm here. I'm not... I got all day, you know? <laughs> so I watched it. I'm like, that was, you know, like one of those, you know, I'm not getting up off this couch to I'm sitting on the edge of the couch watching this, watching it. You know, I, I was enjoying VHS. Yeah. yeah. Well, how about and you? This, you're lucky this to is... have seen it at home. Right. <laughs> I almost, I almost got sick from the handicam at the beginning. Oh, see, that's, that's one thing that, that never bothered me. I, uh, yeah, never yeah. had a never had trouble with the shaky cam, the handheld stuff. I haven't had problems with it. Cloverfield didn't mess you up. No, and surprisingly, um, I didn't no? have trouble with Cloverfield either. I that doesn't get to me nearly wow. as much. Um, I work with a lot of conveyors, <laughs> so you know, and running in different directions too. Yeah. Well, so uh, you you get that going. You're watching multiple conveyors going in different directions, and then you look away. And different parts of your vision start moving in different directions on its own. You get used to it a little bit. So, yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right. So, Patty, where would you put it in your horror anthologies? I would. I mean, it's probably top three, and it's only probably not number one because of uh, like my love of Stephen King, <laughs> because you know, Creep Show and Cat's Eye, and um, one of the pieces in Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah. Um, those are very Stephen King heavy, and that's probably the only reason why those would maybe eke out just above this. But this movie's so good. I think the way that they're linked together puts this one ahead of those for me. Yeah, I mean sure. those those other ones they definitely feel like uh, separate stories. <laughs> you know, it, it has that feel of like here's uh, right. You know, the old, well, I mean, Creepshow was uh, a comic back in, what, the 50s or 60s? Yeah. Um, which yeah, you could tell 60s. from the opening credits that that's what they wanted this to be. And apparently there was supposed to be um four-issue comic that came was going to come out the month leading up to this getting its release. And then it got scrapped last minute. Um, and, and, well, it didn't like get scrapped. Else. It didn't get released. And then they, then they released it <laughs> later on as a uh, graphic novel. They combined the four. Um 
I, but I think it's because it's like the stop start of the dark tales from the dark side mm-hmm. creep show. Yeah. Where it's like one story ends, another one begins. Whereas this one, you know, one ends, one begins, but peppered throughout each one, you see bits and pieces of the other stories. Yes. So, yeah. Whereas those, you know, the framing device of tales from the dark side is the kid telling the stories. Right. It's, Whereas right. this is an anthology in the sense that it's four different stories, but they're woven together. And i that's what pushes it over the top for me. I really like that. And it makes me want to just go back right. and watch and it I, again tonight. I hate to make the comparison, but it's like those um, really crappy, um, was it Gary Marshall that makes, she's he made She's Just Not That Into You and Valentine's those Day. horrible movies. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Where they're, those they're anthologies, Eve. but they're, they're all connected. Mm-hmm. It is kind of more like those, I would say, than a straight anthology like a creep show or a oh, a cat's eye or whatever. God, can you imagine if Gary Marshall made this movie? Oh no, I don't <laughs> want Julia to. Julia Roberts would have been in it, probably. <laughs> uh, or better yet, what if Penny Marshall made the movie? <laughs> <laughs> she would have been the Brian Cox character. Oh my God! Uh, she would need oh. That's even Penny better. Marshall dressed up as, as John Carpenter makeup. <laughs> okay, that I would pay to see. Oh, sh- oh shit. <laughs> oh, um, real quick, did, here's what, something that'll make you feel old. Uh, the kid that played Sam was also the little peeping Tom kid uh, in the yeah. scene where yep. they're doing all their, um, uh, you know, that. costumes. Yeah. Um, getting dressed up. That that yeah, kid in the setup for the werewolf one. Yeah, that that kid's twenty years old now. Mm. Holy shit! And he was in the Man in the High Castle. I don't know if if you, you watched that yeah. at all, but um, apparently he was on that. I, I mean, don't. it's basically he's known for Once Upon a Time, Trick or Treat, and High Castle are his big things. <laughs> but yeah, twenty years he, old now. He's on Once he Upon a Time. Uh, yeah, was, he played um. According to IMDb, he played Hansel and um, Nicholas Zimmer. I don't know. I didn't see. Guess it, I never so. made it that far on that show. Probably not. <laughs> Is it still on? Eh, who cares? I don't know. But yeah, that kid's twenty who years cares? old now. So. Wow. Oh, so yeah. Uh, I mean, this, like I said, this is in my Halloween movie rotation. I am going to be watching. So, confession: I've never seen the first Creep Show. Um, that was one of the reasons why I wanted it to be on this week. And we may still do a bonus episode, um, to make up for, uh, missing one and do creep show this month. It's going to depend on schedules. Um, for me, just because of how busy I am right now, but I, either way, I want to watch that because Mm -hmm. like a one legged cat burying turds. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's funny because like we, uh, we watched creep show last night. Mm-hmm. And I, man, I'd only seen bits and pieces of that over the years. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched it in one sitting. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. <laughs> you know, and I know, I know a little bit about that movie. Like I know Stephen King is in it. I know he wrote it. It's Romero directed it. And mm-hmm. I know that Leslie Nielsen is in it. Um, but I just, I haven't seen it. So I really want to. Um, yeah. It's but, violent. <laughs> oh, that's, so I've heard. Yeah. And it is it is a little cheesy, but it's kind of meant to be because the comic book was a little hokey. Yeah. Yeah, you I remember I mean? seeing those Creepshow comics somewhere. And, you know, it was a lot of a lot of the horror stuff 
uh, in comic form back in the '60s did have that kind of hokiness to it. Which well, at that point, I think they kind of they kind of needed a little bit of cheese to slide, you know, to slide past some of the censorship stuff that they had yeah. going on then. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, it was a lot stricter back then. But even so, yeah. like it would be horror, but I don't know. It wasn't. It didn't feel as dark as some of the other stuff that I've you know that I have seen in comics since then. But either well, way, have have going going back to Trick or Treat. Having watched it for the first time, did you think that there was any like like what did you think of the violence? Like was it at any point like okay that's just ridiculous? No, I don't for me, think. I think the first time I watched it, it was when. The fat kid starts throwing up. Oh, that well. The beginning of the movie. I mean, that's always anytime there's like, there's people throwing like, up in a okay. movie, it's rough. But that one was that was very over the top. Yeah, and yeah. it just kept yeah. going. Like I almost captured audio of it, but I was like, no, I don't want to hear it again. I don't want to. I don't want <laughs> to subject anybody to that because it's that. It's like when there's when there's somebody throwing up in a movie, it's always one of two ways. It's either they just sort of cough a lot and like maybe spit. Or there's the super, like, you can hear the vomit hitting the floor. And yeah. just that, that like really, this. like, gross. And it's a really flat, wet sound. Yeah, and that's what they did oh. for this. And it was, ugh, it was bad. And the, the amount of it was horrible as well. Like, like, he throws up once, and then he does it, what, like, two more times? Yeah, yeah, before he passes out, and, and then he kind of keeps well, throwing yeah, up Well, yeah, think about bit, how but... much candy he ate. Oh, yeah. He's been eating a lot of candy, and then he finally just ate poison candy. Right. So. Yeah, I, that was the most over-the-top violence for me in the entirety of the movie, really, because everything else. Uh... I mean, it's, there was that and the shotgun. That was. Well, even that, well, though. A, li- a little bit. There, there was, uh, uh, you know, the that that principal guy, you know, crashing down in the red robe, there was that, but that was really about all the, nothing was super violent. Most of the violence was implied. Yeah. You don't actually see the zombie kids tearing up the other kids. You don't actually, you see a little bit of the werewolves, but like the werewolves stuff is probably the other most visually, like definitely that's, that's, they got their R rating from the werewolf scene. Um, more than anything else. Well, and probably the porno. At well, the yeah, that too. Which, by the yeah. way, what what did, he just puts in the videotape and then takes a nap. Well, he's drunk. I don't know. <laughs> I don't that that confused. They, me. they they did mention I'm lit. You're lit. This guy, this pumpkin, is done for the night. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I like what the what does the tape say? Nature documentary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nature special. <laughs> nature special. Do they even have kids? Why are they even hiding that? I don't know. <laughs> It, it's not, it might just be one of those things it's like you've always like you've always hidden your stash you know you don't stop hiding your stash kind of thing you know it could yeah. be right um okay so according to imdb this did have a couple of alternate title uh titles that it was going to have um leading up to it so the first it was originally titled season's greetings after the uh the short um they changed that, and it makes sense. That sounds too much like a Christmas movie. That wouldn't have yeah. that wouldn't have worked very well. But here's a couple of the other ones, and I don't think any of these are that great. Uh, Halloween Terrors, Mm-mm. Jack O' Lantern Tales, no, no, October the thirty first, uh, no, that's and, a little clinical. Yeah, and then finally Trick or Treat, and they just changed the spelling of it because there was already a movie named Trick or Treat. Oh God, yeah. And it is not. It is not in any way similar. No. You, you should. Oh shit! You should watch. You should do a double feature. 
Uh, that movie's maybe. terrible. It's what is it? It's got the kid from Family Ties. Oh man! In it? I don't know. We'll I see. Don't Been a long time. Um, but yeah. Uh, and apparently Billy was dressed like Chucky from Child's Play. I didn't catch that at all, but maybe I just wasn't huh, paying enough attention. Right. Um, all I, right. Like what? Like Dylan Baker's kid? Yeah. I'll have to watch it again and, and see. I didn't catch that at all. Um, I oh. think it was interesting that the original uh, location for the rock quarry scene was going to be a pumpkin patch, and then they changed it. It's much better as a rock quarry. Um, I, yeah. did, I did like the audio, the way that they did the audio when they're down in the quarry with the echo. Um, it could be... You, you could see that as being cheesy, but I liked it. I liked the, the way the echo worked. No, and it's fairly accurate there is going to be some kind of echo at the bottom of a quarry Um, and hard surfaces and water yeah how would that have worked like the 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 bus sank into the pumpkin quarry yeah that i have no idea (laughs) a pumpkin quarry yes i am adding that into my next D &D (laughs) campaign there is going to be a pumpkin quarry pumpkin quarry band name called it it's not rocks, it's pumpkins. I, I played bass for Pumpkin Quarry back in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> it, was only, really, it, was, I thought, it was only for about three weeks. but We only okay. played bar mitzvahs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, the I audio that I... you were playing keyboard in that band. No, it was definitely bass. I played keyboards for a bunch of different bands, but... Oh, okay, okay. That was your bass stint. Yeah. Right. I remember. Um, and the, the audio that I played at the beginning, um, leading in was, it was great because they, they foreshadowed everything that was going to happen in the movie where they talk about, oh, werewolves, zombies, and demons uh, of all varieties. And those were your, your three things that they had throughout the movie. So I kind of like that. You know, there's a lot of little like winks and nods and things that they did in this that you're right. Rewatchability. And isn't that actually a town where they really do go all out for Halloween? No, it's a fictional town. Okay. Yeah, that... I can't. I can't imagine a town in Ohio being like, "Yeah, sure, totally use our name. We go crazy for Halloween." No, oh God. <laughs> well, what else is there to do in Ohio <laughs> other than one day a year celebrate Halloween? <laughs> That's hey, you know what? More as more astronauts come from Ohio than anywhere else. What is it about Ohio that makes these people want to leave the Earth? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Werewolves and pumpkin quarries. Yep, exactly. <laughs> oh, pumpkin quarry. That's going down in history right there. Oh, man. Thomas, oh. Where, what did you did you say where this would be in your top ten? Um, I did not, but it's definitely in my top three. Um, I love Tales from the Dark Side. I ha- It holds a special place for me because I actually saw that out at the drive-in. Um, oh my oh, god! Wow. So yeah, I mean, this was back obviously when they would play R-rated movies. But I remember, I should say, at the drive-in, I saw about sixty percent of it because my mom had a blanket, and if it would get too violent, she would throw the blanket up in front of the, <sighs> the windshield. Um, she did it for the. I remember it specifically for that movie and T two. Um, mm. oh, wow! But yeah, I remember. What so was the other movie? God, what I, was the other movie at the drive-in? I could not tell you to save my life. Remember. Nope, not at all. Because it was all Tales from the Dark Side. Yeah, Tales from the Dark Side is what, what I remember. And so that one holds a special place for me, but this is definitely in my top three. Now, I think even as much as I know I'm going to enjoy Creepshow, um, it probably won't unseat this just because, like we have talked about, the interweaving of the stories and the way, like, 
that's really good writing, in my opinion, to be able to do that and do it in a way that doesn't feel overly forced. It's a small town, so you can get away with having people kind of crossing over. And the, then doing it in the nonlinear style also makes that feel a lot better. And I also really like the fact that this movie, all the, the deaths of all the people are terrible people, and it's all earned. They're, they deserve their fate. And I like mm-hmm. that. Well, maybe well. not the maybe not the wife at the beginning, but it's just because she blew out the pumpkin when it was still Halloween, and Sam just wasn't having it. Right? Yeah. yeah well, okay. So like... she might not have earned her death, but uh, at the same time, she did because she didn't follow the rules of Halloween. And this movie sets up that you follow the rules of Halloween. Um, yeah. But I mean, and don't... she was warned. Yeah. Fair warning. Oh yeah. Husband no. told her. Totally. I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. You guys talked about, um, you know, when. Sam goes after the bus driver and he like slides into the wall mm-hmm. and it looks really sad and pathetic because you think like, oh no, he's dead. I had a soft spot in my heart for Sam from the beginning when he you're seeing from his point of view and he she blows out the pumpkin and you hear him like audibly gasp like he mm-hmm. can't believe she just did that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, oh, I like this kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, he, he I can honestly I can see why. um they would add stuff with Hall- to Halloween Horror Nights from this because, in a way, it's a pretty iconic character. Like, it's hard to put him up on the Mount Rushmore with you know your Michael Myers because he's not he's not the same type of character as that. But he's not that far off if he's not there already. In my mind, after seeing this, because you're I think right. you could do an entire movie about Sam. Well, yeah, yeah. And I don't know. I, I like. I liked him as just like the silent observer of mm-hmm. the carnage for the most part until he gets involved at the end. Yeah. yeah. And and he stops trying to kill him once he gets the candy from him. Right. He just wants the candy. Well, that's the thing. So the movie is consistent. You can't not have candy for trick-or-treaters. Right. And that's the thing. His character, his motivations and everything are consistent throughout the movie. Like he's just there to enforce the rules of Halloween. That's why he's there. And... Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that the movie was consistent with what it was doing throughout. So, no, this definitely in my top three uh, horror anthologies and probably will stay there for a while. If they make the second one and it's good or better. Hey, uh, we can hope. I mean, I think you make another one. Maybe though. they'll give it $14 million for a budget. Right. And yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. It should be about 14 by now. So. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was going to say. Is it needs to stay with this? This it needs style. to stay a humble budget. Humble yeah. budget, small location, you know, small area as far as what you're telling the story, and don't go too big. You know, don't take the seat because right. the the whole problem with sequels is they they always have to outdo the last one, and you don't necessarily need to do that. You can go a little bit further, but no, well, I th- this isn't the kind of thing where you need to like totally wow with the whole thing. It's an anthology, so if you've got at least, you know, if you're if you're on par with this for the most part, mm-hmm. and you've got a couple that are just a couple that are standouts, then then yeah, you you did what you needed to do, which I think, given the right people, they could do it. Oh sure, sure. Um, but so if... it's not one of those one of those like uh, you know you've had this much time to make a sequel, and this is what you made. Oh, that would be Independence Day. Like Independence Day (laughs) resurgence. Like, god damn it. (laughs) Yeah. You had twenty years and this is the movie you made? Yeah. Why did you make it at all? Type Um, of movie. 
One thing I will ask for, though, in Trick or Treat 2 is don't have the 911 operator put somebody on hold. Oh, no, no. He didn't get put on hold. They pulled, uh, Sam pulled the cord. No. I, and I have evidence. Listen to this. Oh. Oh, I didn't catch that part when I heard it. Well, I, I caught look. that right away. I'm like, wait, he put him on hold and then comes back like five seconds later. Thank you for holding 911. What's your emergency? Like, uh, no, well, no. Mean, <laughs> that does not in happen. All, in all fairness, there is a lot of shit going on in this town tonight. That's true. <laughs> That's true. And it is funny because you never see a single police like, officer like, in the entire like, movie. Like there are missing, <laughs> there are missing children, for God's sakes. That's a good point. We have because parents wondering where their kids are. There's yeah. By this point, yeah, it, it's not midnight yet because it wasn't done being Halloween. So parents might not be completely freaked out yet. I don't the know. The kid dresses the clown that was already in the grave. Right. That's true. You've got well, like, like six kids are gone. You've got uh, uh, Baker killed people as a vampire. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's a good point. I okay. didn't think about people that. Di- people disappearing, going to a wolf party in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is the next day in this town like? Oh, Keith, by the way, I played keyboards for Wolf Party back in the 90s. Oh, that's what it was. That's what it, okay, yeah, Wolf Party. That had to be interesting when uh, Wolf Party got booked the same gig as Pumpkin Quarry. Oh, it was just a long night for me. But uh, I was well, playing keyboards you, in one and bass in the other. It was so kind of... It was kind of weird, you know, having two bands show up to the same bar mitzvah. Hey, it was a big bar mitzvah. <laughs> On Halloween. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Crazy. Um, one other Super piece of... On Halloween. Yeah, one other piece of audio I did capture that I just, I have to play. Uh, aside from the creepy Happy Halloween, which I want to play again. Happy Halloween. I'm keeping that forever. Um, oh, yeah. Is Brian Cox... Your door. Do, you, do you have a I doorbell? See. Oh, man, <laughs> if... If I did, it would be on there, 100%. Um, Happy Halloween. But the other one was uh, Brian Cox's character had that horrible wheezing throughout like most of the movie. And what's funny is he, he, you never see him with like oxygen or anything, but I caught it just because it was really, it was great. It's just, and I didn't want to capture the sound of the, the throw up. So this was as close as I was going to get. But it's funny because it would come and go. Uh, when I'm yeah. like, oh man, he is just struggling. And talk about going through the ringer. Like he has his Achilles cut. Oh yeah. And falls down the steps. Oh. Now it, I did think it was funny. Covered with like broken glass and yeah. glass. And he gets yeah. all that the the glass in his hands, and it's like a plot point for two minutes where he can't pick up anything, and then all of a sudden his hands are fine. But yeah, whatever. And he's walking. Again, yeah. limping but walking. It's like no, you you lose that part of your leg. You're <laughs> you're yeah, no doubt. in the A, pal. Uh, yeah, not at all. But uh, no, it's that wheezing I loved. Um, so I I now have that caught and captured and can use anytime I want. <laughs> so my my soundboard is growing. Um, <laughs> I'd say okay. Oh oh uh, well, I got this one from um, Lake Placid. Uh, this was my favorite moment. You are a saucy flirt. So I have that forever now. So. <laughs> did you did you also capture was it Oliver Platt saying you could chew on my big fat log? Uh I believe did the, I did. Let's of see. course you did. <laughs> um was that it's like the like best a, line in the movie. Well, like I did get Oliver Platt. Reference? Well, I got Oliver Platt saying this. 
And you have such big, wonderful boobs. <laughs> oh, here you go, Joe. Here's here's the one for you. Yeah. Maybe later you can chew the bark off my big fat log. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he was so good in that. Oh, just just the utterly crass character. He really was. Uh, well, hey guys, I, I like plastic again. Yes, yeah. uh, we'll probably do that movie again just so we can give it proper proper time um but uh look guys i i do want to say thank you for joining me this week uh this was a ton of fun um i can't believe it took me this long to see this movie but i am so glad that i did i i'm gonna have to concur with you on that one well you're welcome (laughs) i'm glad i was able to rope you into this um no this was a ton of fun um look we really had to twist my arm to get me to watch a halloween movie i know um you know we we put the show out uh every week on wednesdays save last week which was my fault um but we're not going to miss anymore um because i figured out what i did wrong and i'm not going to do that again so every wednesday uh we record sunday nights and we do stream it on twitch twitch.tv forward slash tv's travis so come on in uh watch that um, you can subscribe to the show at tvstravis.com. You can find us in uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. It's more difficult, um, uh, but the more people that will go and do, you know, give us a rating or a review, that helps push us to the top and make it easier to find. So please do that. Um, but come into the chat room uh, on Sundays, and then you can turn around and listen to the show again on Wednesday, because why wouldn't you want to? Um but no, it, this this was a lot of fun. Thank you, Joe and Patty. Uh, always a pleasure having you guys on. No problem. Thanks. Thank you. And Keith as well. Always a pleasure. Hey, always good. Always glad to be. And uh, until next yeah. week, uh, which we're still figuring out what the movie is going to be. Um, enjoy your movies. You gotta be fucking kidding me.